This is a Sword of Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to a Sort of Star Wars podcast, the podcast that's sort of about Star Wars and sort of about everything else. And today we have Matt Lehman on the podcast. Hello there. Welcome. Welcome. Nice. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of General Kenobi. Yeah. I mean, not General Kenobi. General Grievous. Okay. Have you watched any Star Wars vintage? Star Wars vintage? No. Did you know it's been added to Disney Plus? No. We got the old 2D uh, Clone Wars. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Like the old, old one that like came out before the animated series. Like the movie? No, it's older than that. It's like, I don't know when it came out, but it's like um, weird animation. Not weird. I don't know. It's just different type of animation. Oh, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, it's like where General Grievous first came out, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and like it's Anakin still has his like long like he's still a Padawan, right, 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 yeah. um, and like Mace Windu is like really super awesome in it, unlike reality, <laughs> loser. <laughs> but anyways, they added that, which I think it came out. Now I never watched it when it came out, but people are like, oh, I grew up on this show. I didn't grow up on this show, right? But it came out in like five minute segments or something, like okay. once a week or something. I don't know. Um, but they like kind of combined them all into two big long movies. Yeah, okay. Um, they're like an hour and 20 minutes each or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're pretty cool, I think. I fell asleep during it. <laughs> Real cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it. It was mid afternoon on a Sunday and it was, the couch was just too comfortable. <laughs> we did watch So they have that and they have... Uh, the Caravan of Courage, and which is an Ewok movie, a live okay. action Ewok movie, wow. okay. and uh, the Ewok Adventures, I think it's called, which is another live action Ewok movie. Then they have the Ewoks TV show, seasons one and two. That's an animated one, <laughs> and they have I don't know if you remember in um the holiday special, which you'd probably never watched. No, which is fine because yeah. it's not worth watching. Yeah, but in the middle of it. I think in the middle they had this like animated series or animated short. Okay. Where Why Boba, wouldn't you? <laughs> where, <laughs> that thing is like I've never gotten through it. That holiday special. Um, but the animated short is like the first time I think I keep saying this. No one has corrected me yet, but it's the first time that Boba Fett was seen. Wrong. <laughs> no. Because <laughs> it was before Empire Strikes Back. Um. And Boba Fett was in this cartoon. Okay. And he had like the um the long rifle mm-hmm. that Mandalorian the Mandalorian has. Yeah. Um and he was like riding a blurg and stuff like that. Oh really? He's riding something. I don't know. <laughs> a do back uh, Tauntaun. Yeah, something. <laughs> oh, speaking of Tauntaun, look at this sweet Lego set I got. Oh, cool. the micro fi- micro fighter micro fighters, I think they're called. Okay, I got an ATAT. I see the ATAT, and the Tauntaun is really cool. I saw your ATAT. You know what I thought of? It reminded me of those um, Hobbs and oh yeah, Calvin and Hobbs, Calvin and Hobbs, like Star Wars right. ones. Yeah, because the, the dog is the or the ATAT is the dog. Right. Yeah. 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 But I never saw a uh, Tauntaun Lego set, no. That's, and it came with a Hoth Luke. I saw, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I didn't have a Hoth Luke either. Also, I got my Gamora brick brickheads here. You got Gamora, you got you got uh, Mando, 
Yep. Yeah. Got some, I got. I need more shelves. Is what I need. Or yeah. I need to take apart the Razor Crest because it's taking up too much space. So I got the. My wife got me the Yoda one. You know the, the like Yoda right. figure. Mm-hmm. You know with the lightsaber. I can't put it anywhere because like the lightsaber oh, made it like, too, too tall for like anything on the shelf. So, um, but that's okay. You could. It's, it's sitting in my office. Just right take now. the lightsaber out. I could make Have it like holding a hilt with flowers coming out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, I could. I could make peace, not Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I could. I could turn it around and have him hold it like Ahsoka. You know. Yeah, like that's how he should. Reverse blade. Yeah. Hmm. There's like yeah. a term for that, for holding the lightsaber that way. Yeah. Like Asajj Ventress and stuff like that. Right. I don't know the term. There's yeah. also a term for dual wielding. I don't know that term. There's also a term for the shorter lightsaber that Ahsoka uses that right. I don't know the word for. <laughs> you just know there's a word for I it. Know word. <laughs> I'm like reading Wikipedia and I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> oh, okay. So that's like a shorter lightsaber. Right. I don't know. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Matt is here not to talk about Red Rising. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I did not read. I didn't do the reading this week. <laughs> did anyone else do the reading? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're here (laughs) we're here to talk about john williams music in movies in the 2000s (laughs) it's a simple title (laughs) so we've made it through the sweet (laughs) did we do the 60s we did not do the 60s okay we start with the 70s yep 80s 90s now we're the 2000s yep and i'm still not sure that we didn't do this one (laughs) i'm like i thought for sure i've listened to all these before but listeners out there if you find this we're sorry (laughs) this is the second time you've heard us talk about these three movies let me know uh so we're talking about we usually pick just three from the decade uh always a star war so we're doing revenge of the sith or i mean attack the clones and revenge of the sith just grouped together there's one movie yeah yeah yeah. we're also doing harry potter one two three because they all came out in the 2000s and those are the only three that John Williams did. Right. And Catch Me If You Can. Right. Um, which I partially picked just because I wanted to watch it again. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. It was a good watch. I haven't watched it in a while. I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's some other ones that like Memoirs of a Geisha I never saw. Right. Um, I can't think of the other ones right now. No, the I was looking through out. his IMDb, IMDb page for the 2000s and i was surprised at how many there were um from that decade yeah so, i've for being what a septuagenarian oh was still pretty active yeah so minority report right mm-hmm. um the terminal another mm-hmm. tom hanks movie right war of the worlds mm-hmm. um now there's steven spielberg yeah and steven spielberg for that one too i think and indiana jones and in the kingdom of the last or the kingdom of the crystal skull <laughs> kingdom of the last <laughs> oh and ai and the Patriot. So I yeah. thought like the Patriot probably has a good soundtrack. Wait, the Patriot? Like Mel Gibson, the Patriot? I think so. So did I ever tell you the story about the Patriot? <laughs> no. So we're <laughs> so we're watching the Patriot. <laughs> this is with Joel Peckman. Okay. Okay. And we were probably too young to be watching the Patriot. Is this like when is this like a story where a parent walks in at like the no, worst time? No, oh. no. <laughs> so I said I, he said, have you seen The Patriot? And I said, no. I said, all I know is that he dies at the end. And he said, okay. And we watched the whole movie, and he did not die at the end. <laughs> no, I'm he like, did not. what in the world? He's like, I knew the whole time he was going to die. I'm like, what in the world? This is not, like someone told, definitely told me, 
And then I realized that they're talking about um, Braveheart. Braveheart. Yeah. yeah. Braveheart. <laughs> the whole time I thought the movie was Braveheart. Yeah. But no, it's he didn't die. No. And um, so artificial intelligence and Patriot, I thought would have good. I've never seen artificial intelligence. No, and I haven't either. I've never seen Munich. I've never seen Memoirs of a Geisha. Uh, the Terminal was good. I remember liking that one. I don't remember the music at all. But no. yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so we're talking about those three movies or movie groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we get too far, I wanted to shout out to our patrons. Uh, we got Josh, John, Valerie, Mots, Tyler, Allie, Aaron, woo, <laughs> Dan, Tim, Casey, Melissa, and Spicy J. Spicy J. <laughs> Spicy J. Um, and uh, thank you guys so much for your support. And uh, let's go on to the episode. All right. Cool. We'll start off with Catch Me If You Can. Okay. So, had it been a while, you said, since you've seen this movie? Yeah. I mean, maybe five years, six years, something like that. I think probably the same for me. So, what was weird for me was the night before, I had watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. And... Like, I remember thinking that movie, like, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio has looked the same forever, I feel like. (laughs) Okay. And then I went and watched uh, this one. I'm like, oh my goodness, he was so young in this movie. Right. Uh, But it only came out in 2002? Yeah, 2002. So, I guess that's 20 years ago almost now. Right. Um, But. And it's four years after he did Titanic. Oh, really? Yeah, Titanic came out in 97. Okay. Yeah. So, they did, they did, I think the way that they made his hair kind of like that, like, low. Right. Yeah. You know, like the the Bieber look from the 50s. Yeah. I think that that really made him look pretty young. Yeah. They did a good job of making him, from the beginning of the movie to the end, make him look like he's aged a lot. Right. Yeah. At the, the last scene when he's like looking at the check and whatever right um he does look like yeah he could be doing once upon a time in hollywood yeah well and it's, <laughs> did you it, see it, that movie no oh. I didn't. it's very strange well and i i i want to see it i do like uh quentin tarantino films um sometimes they, i feel like you have to be in a mood to get through them though yeah sometimes they're kind of hard to get through but yeah it was yeah just if you watch it if you get to like Man, where's this movie going? And there's only 10 minutes left? Yeah. Just be ready. Because <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I was like, this movie has to do something in the next 10 minutes. Well, and... if I... I think I know enough. Because it's, okay. it's vaguely based on actual things, oh, right? Maybe. I, I don't... I don't know. Oh, I thought like, maybe. the description is like... Um, different stories collide at the end of the golden era of Hollywood or okay. something like that. Okay. Um, and like there are like a couple different stories happening. Mm-hmm. I don't think they really like. I'm picturing like a love actually, where like at the end they're like, "Oh, here's how everybody's related to everybody in this way." Mm-hmm. But this was not like that. I don't know. But I have to watch it. Yeah, worth a watch. Just I to mean, see I lo- Leonardo and Brad Pitt together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, back to Catch Me If You Can. Right. So we're talking about the music, the music, but we can also talk about other things like the cast. The cast is phenomenal. The cast, I was, I forgot how many people were in this cast. Yeah. Like, 
it was like Jennifer Garner, Christopher Walken, Leo, uh, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, Michael Douglas, Michael uh, Michael Douglas, Martin Sheen. Yeah, him too. Okay. <laughs> uh, Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Yep. Uh, Elizabeth Banks. Yep. Um, Meredith Gray. <laughs> I don't know her real name. Meredith Gray. <laughs> yeah, from Gray's Anatomy. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know her real name. I don't. I don't. Either. I can't remember what her name is. Either. Yeah, but she was in it for a little bit. Yeah. She was funny. Um, I think that's actually everybody. Tom Hanks. Do we say Tom Hanks? <laughs> He's Tom Hanks again. Yeah, and Tom Hanks. <laughs> but it was and just like Woody. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like what a like killer cast. I mean, it I was, know. Yeah. When I think you know, again, it's. I would probably say if if Steven Spielberg calls you and says, "Hey, do you want to spot?" Oh, is this my a Spielberg movie? movie? Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, "Uh, yes, please." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you're gonna kind of play an escort. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> All I can say now is on my resume: worked with Steven Spielberg <laughs> and Leonardo DiCaprio. Exactly. That's all and I need. Tom Hanks. Thank you very much. And now Jennifer Garner is doing. Mortgage and commercials. No, what is which one is this? She did credit card commercials. Credit card. That's what it is. What's in your wallet? <laughs> um, but so did um Samuel Jackson. I think he did the same company. And was he in this movie? I think they're both pretty successful. No, you're thinking of Avengers. Oh, <laughs> with uh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> Anyways, um, so what? Go I was gonna say, I like. Uh, I saw an interview with Samuel L. Jackson that said, like, why are you in so many movies? And he said, because I always say yes. Yeah. Like, I, I he's been in like 187 <laughs> movies. Yeah. He's, he does have the title for like most movies, whatever, been in the most movies or whatever. I don't know how you word it, but like yeah. out of all the actors, he's been in the most movies. And I did see that same thing where it's like, um it's why you so many just i just say yes to all of them yeah <laughs> like doesn't matter how terrible it is snakes on a plane yeah sure sure <laughs> i'll Avengers? see my tagline and yeah get sure out. <laughs> like why not well yeah and i mean I, I what i appreciate about him is that he doesn't take himself too seriously yeah um, i mean you so. heard the story about him and his purple lightsaber that like he just asked like george about like why are the lightsabers the colors that they are? And he right. just said, "Well, there's green ones and there's blue ones and there's right. red ones." Yeah, and and he said, "Well, I want mine to be purple." And George just said, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> well, did you know that he got Bamf inscribed yes. on yeah. on the hilt? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, okay, catch me if you can. Good movie. Yeah. So there's two songs that I picked out from this movie. Because there's um, really two that you could find on Spotify. <laughs> no, Spotify had none. I could only find two on Apple Music. Oh, really? Yeah. Spotify had all the like um, regular songs, I'll call right. them. Um, yeah. Not like... Like Come Fly With Me. Right, and, right. Yeah. Which I really love when us movies and soundtracks have them combined. Mm-hmm. Um, for one, I like it in the movies because it puts you in... It, for one, it puts you in a mood... Yeah, and for other it puts you in the era, like right. the movies that play or the songs that play in this movie. It really feels like you. It feels like you're in the time, right? And even as the songs change, the times change and stuff like that, right? So it's not just the orchestral. What mm-hmm. do you call it? Score. The score that yep. puts it together. Yeah, it's also um, the the songs themselves. Yep. But yeah, Spotify had none of those. All the John Williams songs were grayed out. 
So I have a very brief subscription to iHeartRadio. <laughs> I signed it's up for hope it's, it's hope it's it's brief. already canceled. Okay. <laughs> I signed up and canceled in the same minute. <laughs> I got 30 days of iHeartRadio <laughs> premium. And, oh, yeah, because um, now you can cancel and still get the 30 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was able to listen to all the John Williams songs. Um, so the first one. They're not an advertiser for you, are they? <laughs> Who, iHeartRadio? Yeah. I, they could be. Uh, sign up for iHeartRadio and listen to John Williams. <laughs> um, so the first one is like the intro. It's happening during like the um, opening credits. Yeah. Uh, which is just called like Catch Me If You Can. Right. Here's that. So, yeah, that plays pretty much any time that Tom Hanks is, like, almost on to Mm -hmm. Catching Frank. So, like, and I feel like there's a theme between Catch Me If You Can and Harry Potter. Okay. Where they picked two almost, like, riffs or, like, very short sections, Mm -hmm. and they just play them over and over and over in different ways in different situations. Mm -hmm. Um, I did find that this music does seem to play more often when um what's his name carl hanratty yeah. <laughs> can't do the accent but um it's funny when he's talking to like the french people right like, carl hanratty <laughs> anyways um whenever he like just misses frank um or like he like gets a clue and then he's on to something that starts playing right um yep. so i did i did appreciate how like when you hear that it kind of like tells you kind of what's happening in the story like this is something there's there's something interesting that's going on either you know hanratty figured something out or i think most times it's frank kind of pulling the wool over his eyes or tricking him in some way i think like uh, yeah so i i do and i think it's just such a fun it's such a fun kind of right you know like a fun sound and and very simple but what i found interesting about that because it's really the only score-ish piece in the movie There's not a whole lot of like other music well i mean when i listen to just iHeartRadio, yeah and i had list all the john williams ones i mean there's probably nine or ten okay but a lot of them have this sound in right. it right uh there's one other piece that i picked out um that i think they play it's kind of like um i guess it's not really like a another theme but i, I called it a second theme song okay. to the yeah and i'll play that in a minute but you said it's so playful and i feel like the whole movie is that way right like different music in this movie could make it very very different right like it's a criminal movie like it's the police trying to catch a guy that's committing crime after crime after crime. Right. And I think of like other movies that are like, I try to think of another movie that's like that where like they're trying, like the police are trying to catch a bad guy the whole movie mm-hmm. and they finally catch him in the end. And the only one I could really think of off the bat that was on the other end of the spectrum was Breach. I don't know if you ever saw Breach. Uh, it's been a while. But, yeah. um, but it was like, that movie was so boring to me. And like it was, it's a, like a true story. So they can only make it you know mm-hmm. so realistic and so active at the same time right. but like it was um 
this could be similar stories, but the music in this one makes it so much, um, yeah, playful. I don't know. It's more yeah. playful. When I think, you know, as you watch the movie, you know, at one point, you know, when, after Frank Jr. visits his dad and his dad has become a postman, mm-hmm. you know, he's sitting in the bar and he calls Hanratty and says, can you just stop chasing me? Right. I think it's, I think you, sometimes as you're watching this movie, you forget that he's only 16 <laughs> and 17 right. for most of this movie. It's crazy. And so I, I think that that's probably part of the reason that there's such a light tone to it because right. he's a kid. He's a kid. And for him, he's not necessarily thinking through the consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, he's trying to, he's trying to get money. He's trying to get his parents back together in some way, you know, and I thought it was always interesting. Like he, I, he just never thought of, this being more than a game so right. to speak and right. i think that that's a little bit of why the music is the way that it is right and and, and it just makes for a fun movie to watch right i think some you know other sort of heist movies or you know trying to catch one bad guy right it's like can get pretty heavy yeah so. yeah and like they kind of like a lot of time or not a lot of times at the beginning it's kind of like him showing up the uh, handwriting guy, like over and over and over. Yeah. Um, and you almost like kind of want him to win, right? Yeah. But you assume that at the end he's gonna get caught or something's gonna happen. Um, like there's no way. And the guy and Tom Hanks tells Leo's character like, this isn't gonna end well other than you in handcuffs. Like that's how it's gonna be. Right. So no matter how long you do it, that's how it's gonna be. Right. And like that scene you're talking about, he's like, please just stop chasing me. He's right. like, I can't. It's yeah. literally my job. Right. Like I spend eight to ten hours a day figuring out how to catch you. Right. Right. And you can tell he's just so tired. He's like, he started when he was sixteen, and he's like, after a year and a half, he's already so tired of like trying to outwit the cops. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think he. I think. I mean, if if the movie's to be believed, it's like he enjoyed the first initial thrill of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like of outsmarting those who shouldn't be outsmarted right um so i think that when he does that he feels good but then it kind of it goes away or whatever so he starts just doing stuff out of necessity right rather than for his own fun right yeah yeah um so the other song is called uh learning the ropes So, yeah, that one I said is like the second theme because I feel like that one plays a lot as well. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like it it is like when Frank is learning like a new con. Right. Or like he's, yep. he was doing something new. Yeah. You can, um, like, I can remember seeing, I think that music's playing whenever he's walking down the teller yes. aisle. Yep. And then he finally finds the character Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks, Banks yeah. plays and yeah. figures out how the micker line works. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. I think the other one is where he had all of those airplanes, airplanes in, in the, the bathtub. Tub. Yeah. 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 So yeah, and that's like when it was like still fun for him. Right. I don't think that plays on through the movie. I think right. it's just kind of at the beginning 
when he's figuring out, oh, I could do this and this and this. Um, Yeah, so that would be like another one where they would play multiple times through the movie. And I guess that's how most themes are that I'm finding out. Um, Even in Star Wars, like the Force theme is in Mm -hmm. so many songs. Yeah. And even more than... I don't know how much the Star Wars theme is in the movie other than the intro. I don't... It's so hard for me I've to separate all of them. Right. Because I hear them so often. Right. Um, but, yeah. Um, so that was, like, the only two that I really picked out from this one. I talked a little bit about how much um, I liked the other music that they put in. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple other movies like that, uh, which I can't think of now. What was it? There was another movie where they kind of mixed up the um, orchestral music and the... I was going to say E.T., but E.T., I think, was... Anyways, I like that when they I mean, mix I it up. I think, like, um, they did that a lot in um, Forrest Gump. Oh, You know, yeah. as they move through the decades. Was Forrest played... Gump a John Williams one as well? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Because that was Robert Zemeckis who directed and Tom Hanks. So. Yeah. I think, just, it, I think it was it was actually a, a pretty big name who did it though. I can't think of who it is. I should, yeah. Anyways, Hans Zimmer. No, did I mean somebody that like that. It's like I think it might have been like Alan Silvestri or something oh, okay. like that. First he did Little Mermaid and then he did Forrest Gump. Well, that's Alan Menken. Oh, that's Alan Menken. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Silvestri did. He, you probably remember him for um, Avengers. Avengers, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say that's what it was, but that's another one where they just like have seven notes that just play, and then that's the theme, and we'll just yeah. play that over and over and right. over different right. ways. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think it like to to that point, you know, like when you are able to do that, you're almost having the music create almost it's almost like a character. Yeah, yeah like you said, it no, like okay start hearing that music you know learning the ropes then you it's like okay this is him he's learning like you said learning a new con right you know and then the other one is where you know han ratty is trying to get it he's closing in or you know and and frank pulls one over on him or something like that so it does kind of it helps tell the story yeah. in a way that you don't have to have words. You don't have to have, you know, an actual like, um, yeah, you know, character tell you what's going on. Right, right. Yeah. And at the beginning, going back to like the introduction of the "Catch Me If You Can" song, um, they have that like animation at the intro right. during the opening credits. Right. And it's just like a good setup for the movie. Right. It's like a very like cat and mouse type of. Right. Um, where it's it it definitely starts off as a game, especially for Frank. But, and I think even for um, Hanratty as well, it's like, well, it's just another guy. I'm going to get him. But then it turns into this big, long thing. Right. Um, and so it starts off really playful. Um, but the movie doesn't really end that way. Right. With him in a French prison. Right. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah. I forgot how much I like this movie. I and I went for the buy option instead of the rent option. Oh, wow. $3 to buy or 10 to rent. Or... The other way around. Yeah. <laughs> Vicey versi. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, but at least now you're paying $3 to rent something. 
<laughs> I don't understand why it's ten dollars to buy the standard definition or thirteen for the high definition on a movie that came out in two thousand two. Like, come on. Is there a difference? Not on my TV. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe their TV's the problem. <laughs> I've got an insignia. <laughs> Did you spend thirteen dollars on the TV? Yeah, the sharp. The sharp. <laughs> this Magna Box I got for fifty dollars. Magna Box. <laughs> yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> I'm like, is this really HD? I'm not sure, but it looks real fuzzy. <laughs> it's twelve frames per second. <laughs> oh. Or no, what is it? The frequency? Twelve hertz. Twelve hertz. <laughs> twelve gigahertz. All so. movies look like Minecraft. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Harry Potter. Uh, so we just combined the first three into one because those are the ones. I don't have a whole lot of notes on Harry Potter, honestly. Yeah. Harry Potter has one of the best themes, in my opinion, that John Williams has made. And I think they knew that. And they're just like, we're just going to use this over and over, <laughs> over and over again. The guy that did um, the next ones and <coughs> the guy that did the ones after that, I think they're just like... Nah, we'll just use this one. We'll make That's... it slower or faster or more dramatic as we need. And right. uh, I haven't watched them in a while, so I can't really vouch for the other five five movies. Yeah, um, too much. But I know that they use these. I I again, I have two themes that I picked out. Mm-hmm. But those two themes are both in Hedwig's theme, right? Um, kind of like two sections. Yeah. Um, and the one is at the very beginning. And that one pretty much just plays in more dramatic and less dramatic ways throughout right. the movies. Right. But it's like, I love, I mean, that like that little tune like perfectly encapsulates what Harry Potter is. Yeah. It's like mystical. It's eerie. It's fun. It's, I know, it's just like it's so... Not too serious. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's like about witchcraft, which witchcraft in itself is a very scary thing, like in real life. Yeah. But in the Harry Potter universe, it's fun right right and i think that that's i, I mean I, again I, I i think it was a way i think it's it does again encapsulate what i feel jk rowling was trying to do with her books is yeah. like take something that normally you know has you know the basis for horror movies and mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing and make it something that okay what if this was more standard you know it wasn't so you know it has like all this history and and make it a little bit more like normal life so i think it does do that um while also keeping kind of this intrigue you know like like you said it's it's not so much creepy as it is like oh there's something else you know i don't know there's something more to this um so i think that it's kind of a fun um yeah it does really encapsulate a lot of what harry potter is yeah um and the second quote 
it's part of Hedwig. So the, what we just listened to is called the prologue, right? Or it's like very, like almost like basic, like very simple type that those notes, right? Then you get the Hedwig's theme, and it starts off kind of the same way, but there's just more to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a kind of after that part, there's a second part to Hedwig's theme. And I feel like this part of the theme is like more for like the antics of the movie mm-hmm. and like the more like action parts of the movie. Um, yeah. Like it's it's definitely more, um, I wouldn't say thrilling, but it's just Indiana Jones. Yeah, I was gonna say that reminds me so much of the Home Alone beginning. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. I know we talked about that when we talked about Home Alone. I yeah. kind of compared the two. Yeah. I think I did like a video with like the Home Alone. No, I did the Harry Potter right. trailer and put the Home Alone movie over it. Yeah. Or Home Alone music over it. And it like, it worked out perfectly. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So I think uh, that part of Hedwig's theme is like probably more throughout the movie when there's like action happening. Right. Where the first one's slower, mm-hmm. but you hear the first one you just think of like you can picture the castle and picture right. uh the hogwarts express and stuff like that and yeah yeah and it, and i think that that one really kind of the 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 first part the prologue part is one that like when you hear it you and maybe it's because like the first movie opens up this way mm-hmm. with like a foggy night, yes. you know, with dimly lit street lamps and things like that. And so I think that it maybe it's it's been a while since I watched the movies. And, and again, I don't always watch. I, it's funny when you try to watch a movie with the intent of listening to the music when it comes in, you always get lost in the movie. Yes, yep, me. every time. But I, you know, it'd be interesting to try to see, okay... Does that kind of play whenever there's something kind of eerie mm-hmm. and mysterious? Like when he was looking at the um, mirror of Erised, was right. that playing? Right. You know, when you first see the castle, when they're going across the boats, was it playing there? Yeah. Because it feels like it would. It right. feels like that's when it, where it fits. It's right. kind of these things that are kind of a little bit creepy, a little bit, you know, unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you said, the second one is when you know maybe they're walking down um um diagon alley and yeah stuff like that or... i think i think the part when i picked out like oh there's like a second theme that's happening through these songs was uh the song called uh mr longbottom flies okay and so that's like the part where i would like expect it it's like something that's like it's not like nothing terrifying is happening right right but right. it's definitely more exciting right um he's flying around on his broom he doesn't know what he's doing and runs into the wall yeah um really good cgi at that point <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah when you were talking about like trying to watch the movie while listening to the music i tried to do that with catch me if you can but it's been too long since i've seen it i'm like right. oh wait i'm supposed to be thinking about the music that's playing right and like <laughs> and like the next day i was like listening to the music i was like oh 
okay i think that's when that's happening and i like right. go like look for the scene online like oh yeah okay that's when right. that's when that's playing so yeah no i i and i actually listened to the three albums kind of like back to back okay um, and it was just so funny to sit there listen to them at work because i was just like man this makes me want to walk through the universal, universal studios studios like um uh the hogwarts and diagon alley and everything just because it's like the music's just constantly being piped through there right and it's just like it's the perfect mu- music for just like kind of in the background but yeah being at like a i think of it's like it's like trick-or-treating music i don't know it's like it is and i i guess you know what really hit me like what was really interesting about going there as a family having just you know, as a family, for the most part, listening to all the books and all that kind of stuff. And then it was like really the first time I felt like the movie kind of came, like being there and being a part of the movie. You know, like I haven't, fortunately, I haven't been able to get to like the um, Star Wars land mm. or things like that. But I never really, like any, even the Disney parks, never felt like I was in the movie. Right. But right. you go to this and like the music's playing and you're right. walking down these things and it's like, the music is just as important, you know, as you're oh, walking yeah. through the through the the parks. Um, so yeah, that's what it made me think of. It actually didn't really didn't really make me think of the movies. It made me think of my real life experience in the right. parks, which um, I just think is pretty interesting. Yeah. So I would that was one thing being at Galaxy's Edge. So they created their own. I don't. I don't remember they who have, wrote like, their it. own theme. Don't right, think. like there's all this like stuff that's specifically for Galaxy's Edge. Right, like they made their own soundtrack, which is fine. But like being there, you like kind of want to hear more familiar Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you're looking for those melodies, right. That you're talking about that we're right. talking about to kind of let you know how you're supposed to what you're supposed to expect and how you're supposed to feel like when you see the millennium falcon you want to hear you know something from star wars you see the x-wing and you want to hear the force theme or like you want to like you see the stormtroopers and you want to hear the imperial march it's like you want to experience them together because they belong together right but then when we were there we're like i don't know like you can kind of hear the music but you don't recognize any of it like it's the same style of music but there's nothing that you like like oh that reminds me of star wars right which i can understand they want to think it's like supposed to be all in universe like new stuff you know this is what they would be listening to on batu or whatever mm-hmm. um so you're hearing more like cantina music and yeah. stuff that like isn't usually people's favorite songs in star wars because right. they're like in universe but right i understand why they did what they did but i could understand i understand the appeal of hearing familiar stuff with familiar surroundings right yeah. when i think it like even like the I think it's Chamber of Secrets where it's like the frog choir. Yes. You know, yes. so like it, like that music is exactly the same right. as the music that is part of the movie. Yeah. You know, that, like you said, isn't necessarily, you know, in the universe, but it's like outside of it. You know, right. Only you as a viewer know that that music is right. part of the exactly. movie. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I get I get that. But I also, you know, somehow it made it more real walking through those streets yeah with uh, knowing that that music was playing yeah stuff like that so yeah i think i would really like that um there's one more 
song that I perf- that I picked out um, that I thought is a really good. Um, well, it just really reminded me of Jurassic Park. Okay. Um, and so it's called Harry's Wondrous World, and I'm not honestly I'm not mm-hmm. sure when it plays. I want to say on the train ride, um, just because based on the music, but it's hard with these soundtracks because you go on Spotify or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're not in the order of like the movie, right? Or maybe they are, and I don't know. But like they'll have like some of like them the, are like some across aren't, the stars and battle of the heroes at the beginning, and right. then they have like intro and landing on right tatooine or battle course on or whatever it is and i'm like okay so these are two songs that were made like maybe it's like a mashup or like a theme and they're like at the top and right. then the movie and then the songs start playing in order of right. the movie that's how i figured yeah, yeah. so here is harry's wonders world Do you remember when that plays in the movie? Um, <clears throat> it would be, I think I can think they play it like around Christmas time. Okay. Um, I mean, I know they play it earlier. Um, I'm trying to think of like, it's so yeah. like, um, all, how did I put it? Um, it's a perfect combination of all and wonder. I said that, I said the soundtrack is a perfect combination of all and wonder slash eerie and spooky yeah but this song i think is like the awe and wonder part yeah where he's like seeing all this new stuff yeah and it's exciting yeah i think it might have been in diagon alley but i uh yeah um, i yeah i don't remember um but i was like this is like this is jurassic park like you could definitely put this in jurassic park and it would work like when they're seeing the brachiosaurus for the first time or something Mm -hmm. like that um or when they're you know going on their jeeps or whatever for the first time it's like exciting and like something it feels like something new is happening right when i'm and like they're the person seeing it is just like amazed at what they're seeing well i think that like with john williams he's done some of so many of these big tentpole adventure movies that I think that he just feels like to him, this is what an adventure movie should sound like. Yeah. You know, like at the end of the day, that's what this is, that's what Indiana Jones is, is what Star Wars is, you know. So yeah. you know, I think Jurassic Park, you know, they're so I think that that's a little bit it's not surprising, right, you know, that yeah. you, you continue to hear these kind of same sounds you know and you know i'm no musical expert by any stretch Mm -hmm. so it'd be interesting to know like if there's like kind of groups of notes that kind of get put together you know here or there right that in your brain your brain kind of picks it up you know as a listener and says oh that's what that is right you know or maybe it's the um the way that the instruments are used yeah so Yeah. yeah um i like went into this whole like stunning of like the music thing being like oh i'm gonna like when are like the woodwinds used and when are the brass instruments used? right but like 
at like i like i don't know like i'm yeah. like wait what instrument is that like yeah. i'm like i and like it's too hard for me to like research like when like why is this one being used here why is a string being used instead of a brass instrument mm-hmm. um and we talked about that a little bit at the beginning especially with like jaws i think um jaws and superman yeah, yeah and superman, i think yeah when I think with with him, I've and I, I would have said this way back at the beginning, is that the brass section is something that I think that he uses pretty extensively. Yeah, um, and it's often um, more in an epic way. Yeah, you know, he uses it. You know, in the Star Wars, you know, crawl. He did right. it in the Superman intro. You know, like just using it. You know. It's very big and bold, and yeah, yeah, which is why I think from the beginning I called this a John Williams appreciation, not right. a John Williams music study dissection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just talking about the favorite John Williams, our favorite John Williams. Yeah, um, that's all I really had for Harry Potter. Um, I mean, like I said, it's one of my favorite. The that one at the beginning, the prologue or yep. whatever that is, yep. is some of my favorite uh, John Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I always, I said before, it makes me want to go trick-or-treating, but I, I wonder, is it Harry Potter that puts me, like, is, is that it, what is trick-or-treating? It my, yeah, is it my yeah. mind just hearing that music, thinking of Harry Potter, thinking of Halloween, thinking of trick-or-treating? Yeah. If that music was played and I'd never seen Harry Potter, would I feel the same way? Right. That's what I'd love to know. Right. Um. Yeah. Um. Well, even, um, I think... Yeah, it it would be kind of fun to rehear, to be able to hear this again for the first time in a different context. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would be. I guess it'd be like, I don't know. It's like when you go to a concert and you hear a band play a song that you don't know, and you're like, oh, well, I like this band, but I don't really like this song because you don't know it. Right. Um. Or it's like me being in Galaxy's Edge and hearing the Batu soundtrack or the whatever they call it, Black Spire, whatever they call it, I don't know. But if they would start putting those songs in movies, mm-hmm. then the park would have more significance. I don't know. It's just like hearing it outside of what you love makes it like whatever. Yeah. You know, it's it's what you're seeing and what you're hearing together that makes you love what you're hearing. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Let's go into Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's where all my notes start. Yeah. I was going to say, you haven't <laughs> even looked at your notes yet. <laughs> um, you told me that you listened to the Attack of the Clones and you had a page of notes. I'm like, yeah. oh, I did not expect that from Attack of the Clones. I have very short notes from Attack of the Clones. So oh. I'm glad that you put some put some more notes in there. <laughs> um, Attack of the Clones has two songs that I picked out. Okay. The first one is the best song in all of Star Wars. <laughs> across across, the, across stars. the stars. <laughs> are you a hopeless romantic i am i am what i here's my note for across the stars it's more powerful than what it represents okay to me so like anakin i love anakin i love padme i like their love story i mean it's very cheesy together they're the worst yeah i don't know i like padme i like anakin but together they're just like terrible (laughs) and everyone gives padme such a hard time because Anakin's nine when she meets him and 
you know what she's only 14 you know it's she doesn't like love him then right it's not till he's tall and has a long braided ponytail yeah uh, <laughs> man those things must and then he's 19 and she's 23 okay so it's or 24 so it's not that big of a deal people get yeah, over come it come on come on um but yeah there i feel like the song is so much more powerful and epic and dramatic than their love story i can i can i can agree with that i was interested in listening to the the soundtrack and the the track across the stars the one that you said was pulled out right. and put the top of the album and so obviously when i was listening through that was the first one i listened to and i was surprised that as you get further into the track it sounds more like Hook. Oh, see, I haven't watched Hook in so long or listened to the music. So it was just very interesting to me that, you know, as as you get into the middle and towards the end, it had sort of a um, childlike, you know, fantasy type um, sound to it, which I found interesting. Yeah, it definitely gets like... The, the the song is like three and a half minutes and like the right. longer it goes on the more dramatic every time uh the theme gets yeah. here i have that here <clears throat> okay so just heads up this is like pretty close to the end of the song this is on one of the last times that like the theme music is played mm-hmm. so it's pretty big And oh, sorry. Go ahead. You were gonna say something. No, go ahead. I was gonna say these Star Wars songs, like it was so hard for me, like <clears throat> cut them off at specific spots because <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, it gets better here and it gets better here and it gets right. better here. Like I think one of these, I don't know if it's Battle of the Heroes or one of these, is like 45 seconds long. I'm like, okay, I gotta shut it off at some point. People are gonna want to listen to this forever. But uh, yeah, so that's where it got like pretty big. The right. song got very big there. When I think the section right before that, the <clears throat> if you want to say the bridge, so to speak, mm-hmm. was very reminiscent of Hook when he's getting to re- leave Neverland again. Okay. And he's walking with the sword back and forth. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that that's what I remember thinking. I was like, in my office, I was like, oh, that sounds like that same time where it's a little bit more, again, you think about that scene and and what this music's trying to convey it's kind of like love companionship you know yeah. respect and i think that that's a little bit of what is being done in hook too so i i just found that i found it interesting because again across the stars is like the love theme for right. star wars <clears throat> right and so to have it be part to in my mind tie back to a kind of peter pan children's <laughs> story felt right. kind of odd but yeah so and like I don't think Across the Stars is a song on the soundtrack in itself. Maybe it is. I don't know how it works, but like well, it it's kind of like the Force theme isn't a, a song. It's like the Force theme is like part of another song. And it's like it's not even called Binary Sons Some, or yeah. it's called like Luke Fixed the Droid. <laughs> I don't know. Something like very basic like right. like 
um, sunset after droid bath or right. I don't know it's something yeah. like very descriptive of the scene right but the force theme is in there and then that gets like pulled out and like and like this soundtrack has a Anakin and Padme song mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's where it is or if it's like love in the arena or love pledge or whatever it's called yeah there's something like that called like you said love pledge i, th- I think and I, um, it's one of those two places where like you hear it for the first time well you hear yeah because when they are both in, going they're heading into the arena and they're talking you know like they, they both say i love you yeah it's playing in the background there okay so you i don't can, know if that's the first time it might be the first time it, which think, makes sense because they say they love each other. I think so. I think it is because I don't think any of the scenes before that would it would make sense, right? Because you know, Padme continues to push him away and right. that sort of thing. So I don't. I think that this is kind of a <clears throat> a way to show that they're both choosing right. to to go into this. So. But yeah, that's because I think when when it gets big like that, I don't know that it that actually might be like just this. I don't know if it's even like in the movie that way. I think it might be. Um, I don't know if it. I think it might play too at their wedding. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Which isn't until the very end of the song, but it never part plays of the like credit. this in the movie. It, I think the only time it plays like that is during the end credits okay. and things like that, and that time, you know, where they kind of mash everything together. Right. So, but yeah, I I think that it's obviously the the uh, each movie kind of has their. I uh, say so each of the prequels kind of had their theme. There's like Duel of the Fates and in, mm-hmm. in the first one, and then this one and, yeah. and attack of the clones and then battle of the heroes or whatever it yeah. is uh, anakin versus Obi-Wan. right that's another one that's well we'll get to there yeah. in a minute but but um yeah i mean was there anything else you want to say on on attack across the stars oh no oh well i i thought the you know some of the other like um things that stuck out to me was the chase through coruscant yeah reminds me of the speeder chase in return of the jedi like it had it was not the same but it had the same sort of feel yeah, you know very fast pace lots yeah, of it, noises all over the place was say you had like in in the speeder chase in return of the jedi you have you know the speeders you know and they're banging and right. stuff like that and then you have kind of the weird speeder noises in right. coruscant you know um and then there's parts of it that it was just like the best way I could describe it was like it was a greatest hits compilation of John Williams, um, you know, across his different movies. So it's oh, like, okay. it, like it just felt like there's parts of it that felt like the the motorcycle scene from Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. There's parts yeah. of it that felt like Harry Potter. There, you know, like maybe riding a broom or playing Quidditch. And there's parts of it that felt like you know purely Star Wars. So it was right. just like because it it's a fairly long track, and so right. it's just interesting, you know, listening to that. Like I could pick out different parts of that scene, that chase scene. Right. But it was just interesting to hear it. Definitely things going fast. Yeah. 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 Um. And then the other one that I think sticks out to me um, 
on Attack of the Clones is when he returns to Tatooine. Yeah, that's what I have as my other one. And that's where you can see where you can start to see him change. And, and obviously, I think part of it is like in all the the posters and everything, you saw him standing there in his shadow was right. shaped like Darth Vader. Right. And those sorts of things. But for Phantom Menace. That was, is that Phantom Menace? Yeah, that's Phantom Menace. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe that's a little bit of what it is. But also, like, so you're, you also see, because he's actually never in the moisture farm. So that's, that poster doesn't even make sense. No, that that is on, that is at one of his, like, the house is on. Is Mos it? Esp- or wherever he lives. Most Eisley. Most Eisley. Oh. Okay. Anyways. Uh, for Return to Death Tatooine, what I liked about it was... When he gets on the speeder bike, mm-hmm. it plays Duel of the Fates. Oh, yes. And then it shifts. There's a little part where it plays the Luke Force theme. Mm-hmm. I actually have that. Do you want to listen? Sure. It actually, it's the other way around. I'm pretty sure. Let's listen. Okay. had to cut it off there but i mean i could have kept it going but yeah Yeah. and i think that that then transitions to the there's one called tuscan camp yes yep um which i I think it kind of combines these two because it's not just when he's like but i i I love the part where it like very subtly plays the Imperial March. It oh, plays it yeah. like real. It plays it slow. Yes, yeah, and kind of like in the background, mm-hmm. but you can hear the Imperial March, and it's just like, like, I just love those subtle things that right. they put in there because everybody knows how it's going to end, right? But here's you know this very thoughtful thing, the very you know it's been thought through, it right? Just haphazardly thrown together. So right. I don't know. I just I love those things. Um, oh yeah, and then, I'd, I'd forgot that return to Tatooine. I kind of forget about that scene every time, and then I watch the movie, and I'm like, "Oh man, I'm like hyped!" I'm like, this yeah. Is like, when he gets on that speeder, I think it's like right before they're leaving. She's like, um, she's like trying. She doesn't want him to go. Padme doesn't want him to go, but she knows that he has that. He's she has to going try to, to find his mom. Yeah, right. And so like that's when the force theme is playing i think yeah because he's like the sun is setting he's on the moisture farm right um when i think it's paying homage back to luke too yeah but then he gets on that speeder and flies off and like the like the all like the red in the sky and it's dark and like it like on his face and his robes are flying behind and and the duel of fates oh my goodness i love that so much well and like what i you know, we talked about this before with Duel of Fates in the way that I never thought about Duel of Fates the way that Dave Filoni has explained it. I and mean, ever since then, it's like, oh my goodness, he's like, yeah, 
I, I need him to do like a Bible study or something because I need. Yeah, I think he like just has these insights into right. things that I would never be able to pick out. Yeah, yeah. but it's like I, I like when he explained that. It's like okay, of course, you know, if if that's really what Lucas was trying to say, if if Filoni was right and what in the way that he interpreted what Lucas was trying to say, and then they're playing it again at this point, right? You can just see he's having this inner conflict. Uh-huh. You know, and again, he could go one way or the other, you know, and ultimately Mace Windu pu- pushes him in the wrong yes, direction. Mace Windu's fault, mostly. <laughs> but he ends up killing all of them, not just the men, but the women and children, <laughs> children too. It's me horrific. I like the one where he's on, on uh, Just for Men. Oh, it's like a picture of Anakin, <laughs> but it says not just for men, but wet men or but women and children, <laughs> women and children too. <laughs> yeah. So. so those were the two that really stuck out, and then the last one I, um, that I really liked was so at the end of that movie, you see, you know, he gets married, and so they're kind of cutting to different things, right. And so they play the Across the Stars theme again, I'm pretty sure. But then I always loved when they played the Imperial March as the clone troopers board the Star Destroyers. Yes. It is just such a really good, you know. um, They're supposed to be Republic. Right. But they turn out to be pretty good. Right. And and I've I've always liked how the Republic symbol ends up Mm -hmm. getting, you know. Turned into the Imperial symbol. Turned into the Imperial symbol and and that sort of thing even so like just, oh sorry go ahead i i just really appreciated i i think these prequels during their time didn't get the the rightful due and i think that you know there's reasons there's some reasons for that i think yeah. they're you know there's obviously no chemistry between hayden christensen and natalie portman yeah but she can't have chemistry with anybody it seems i think i could probably have chemistry <laughs> anyways i so i I, you know but i think you know as you look back it wasn't like i don't know that lucas lost a whole lot i just think that like expectations were so unreasonably high you know but anyways yeah there's this quote uh from lucas that i just saw um lucas quote well, while you're looking, it just, that makes me think of something, you know, like as, as human beings, it's hard for us. We want to think that all villains are just evil people. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for us to realize that most evil, quote unquote, evil people are just regular people or even good people that are making bad decisions or bad choices. You know what I mean? Yes. Like yep. Anakin's purpose is to try to save padme he's just going about it all wrong you know that's (laughs) that's a lot because i feel like the emperor like he was was a confidant for anakin right no i agree and and i think the emperor is one of those evil people yes i think that's like he's the kind of villain that people want and so when lucas changed the background for vader from being not somebody like the emperor who's truly evil to being somebody who's like just being you know twisted and evil (laughs) he's more machine now than man (laughs) twisted and evil um yeah i don't basically it was like people expected revenge of the sith to focus 
so much on Vader about Anakin turning into Vader or right. how evil Vader is. And he said, right. but that's not the story is not about uh evil. It's about people. Right. And like uh obviously the quote he said was way better than what I just said. But like it was like he wasn't being like, Oh, I did I didn't focus enough on this. He's like, No, like you guys don't get it. Like right. I focused on what was important and that's not people being evil it's like he was doing it for love he was doing it for relationships he was doing it like and like you said he just made bad decisions yeah um i wish i really i really wish i could find that because i should have screenshotted or something because it was so good um but but i think you know and you can start to see how that changes into revenge of the sith too yeah i felt like the 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 music also kind of reflected the inner turmoil like oh yeah i think one of the first songs that i took note of was i think it's anakin's dream like mm-hmm. when he first yeah sees padme dying in childbirth like you listen to that and it's like you're so like sad it's like right and then it's, it's like I, I i wrote it's sad and melancholy but ultimately fearful yeah like you just had like this like and, and you can see you know like in my mind i'm thinking okay that's what yoda was trying to say way back in (laughs) (laughs) it is terrible in this it's just well that's what he said way back in like you know the first episode or no he said that in this one well he said this one uh anakin's like yoda i'm having these terrible nightmares like and yoda's like you need to stop having this push those feelings down deep yeah <laughs> like he's like just don't feel those things right like and it's like i don't know how to do that right and like he gets no help at all right and so of course he just keeps having nightmares about his mom and padme right. and um they're like visions of the future and i don't know he just got like no help yes yoda did say like you you at the very beginning he said he's like the nine-year-old misses his mom that he's lived with for the last nine years and nobody right. else. And he's like, I miss my mother. He's like, Oh, well you, if you must be afraid and you must be evil. And I'm like, he's in a totally different place for the first time in his life. Right. You know, you didn't pick him up when he was six months like Obi-Wan and he didn't grow up in this environment and he didn't even know this stuff existed. Right. And I don't know. It just, well, and it comes back to the duel of the fates where, you know, if it would have been Qui-Gon mm-hmm. versus Obi-Wan, it would have been a father versus a brother. Right. And, you know, we've talked about how much of a difference that was. Yeah. And, and I think it's true. And I think, you know, you can see that even how, you know, if if we're to believe that, you know, the Mandalorian and these new things are coming out are canon, you know, you can see even see Ahsoka has learned some of those things. Right. Like, she doesn't want to train Grogu because there's he, she doesn't want to give him the tools because she's not the right person. Right. You know, like she would be, she recognizes that she'd probably be too much like a sister, you know, or, yeah. or, or a friend. Yeah. And that's not what Grogu needs. Grogu needs the Mandalorian because he sees him as a father. Right. And so whatever needs to happen, it should be you know they should be together right. or, or whatever you know yeah. like grogu needs that father figure and just like anakin needs the father figure yeah so anyways i don't know that we're 
staying on track for our John <laughs> we, Williams yeah, music we, here. We always do this with Star Wars. <laughs> um, so since we're in Revenge of the Sith, yep, you talked about whatever one that was. So we just Anakin's talked about dream. Yeah, Anakin's dream. Obviously, the big one is Battle of the Heroes. So that's bat- like the one that's pulled out again right. Right across the stars. And the other one is, um, what is it? Anakin versus Obi-Wan. That's yeah, the one that's like... The, are they the same? Or they, they're, they're slightly different, weren't they? Yeah, it's like one of those things like, I feel like Anakin versus Obi-Wan is like what's actually in the movie. Battle of the Heroes is like, maybe, like you said, maybe in the credits or maybe, I don't know what they use those songs for. Right. Um, but maybe like the advertising, like in a, a trailer or something yeah. like that. I think now I listened to them each and I'm trying to remember which is which I have here in my notes that battle of heroes uses a lot of the same things as Anakin versus Obi-Wan, but, um, has choral music over top of a lot of it. Okay. Uh, like vocal, like mm-hmm. singing, like, yeah. Aww. we're so good (laughs) believe it or not i wasn't the actual one (laughs) but i don't remember anakin versus obi-wan um having that um in it and i'm trying to remember the movie does the movie have the vocals in it or not i can't remember i can't remember either Yeah. yeah Um, I would, but they. I would guess not, but yeah, guess. Duel of the Fates does like that's not a different. That's not different in the movie. Yeah, so I don't know, but they're very similar, um, and they have the Force theme in it. They have Mm -hmm. the Imperial March in it, Mm -hmm. as long as as well as this brand new Battle of the Heroes type of music, right? uh, Which is this. Yeah, that was that was the long clip there because I'm like, it just keeps getting better. Like it's, <laughs> this is actually really close to the end of the song, um, where it cut off. But I even like I was like screen recording this <laughs> from Spotify, very legal, and uh, I even like swiped down to end the screen recording, and I'm like, oh no, it's getting better. <laughs> like I'm like I can't stop it yet. And then like so I swiped back up and I'm like oh, I swiped down again. And I'm like oh, I still waited to like hit stop recording. Um, but well. Can you start it at the beginning again? Yeah, I think so. Does that not sound like the part where Emperor Palpatine is shooting electric bolts through Luke in Return of the Jedi? Yeah, maybe. I haven't seen that one in a long time, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I thought the I thought the Emperor's theme was playing then though. It might be. I just thought like the, the, the way, 
the way the voices yeah. are are being sung, it, yeah. I think there's that same like choral sound at, yeah. at that time too. Whenever it's like super epic, that's when Star Wars puts the choral singers there in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that song is I mean, it's everything for that scene. Yeah. Um it's so much of Star Wars tied into this one big battle. Yeah. Um and yeah, you don't want either side to win, really. Right. <laughs> when you're yeah. watching it. So. Yeah, you want them to fight to a, a um, you want them to draw just swing their lightsabers around in circles for yeah. twenty minutes. <laughs> it's like have you heard like the great debate of that scene? It's like there's like the one half of people who think it's stupid and doesn't mean like it's so silly. And then the other half of the people who are like, no, it just shows like how close they are. <clears throat> they know each other's fighting so well and all this stuff. So it was like this like division between two people or yeah. these two groups of people. I hadn't heard that, but I can see that. I mean, like why would you stand, you know, a foot apart and just wave it around? Right. You know? Um, so yeah. It's like the it's like Anakin and Obi Wan fighting themselves. Yeah. Because they know they're fighting they know each other and they're fighting South so well. Right right yep um i one thing i said about this one is um oh no sorry that's not about this one this one kind of but um did you have anything you want to say about this song battle of the heroes yeah no i just thought it was interesting how like you said they just have the different themes playing out right. again like you still just feel that there's conflict there yeah yeah and the one other one that I took note of um, is Dark Anakin's Dark Deeds, mm-hmm. which is like after um, I assume it's when he's going through the temple. Is that the Dark Deeds one? Or no, it's when he's he goes to the meeting. I think and he like kills to, all the people there. Yeah, it goes and kills the um, the separatists at right. Mustafar. Yeah, yeah, because it ends in his yellow eyes. Yes, oh, like with the hood up. Oh, yeah, so good. Um, I like that one because I like it's definitely dark sounding. Yeah. Here, I'll play it quick. It's definitely dark, right? And that one that those three notes are very similar to like Kylo Ren's theme mm-hmm. is what I thought of when I heard it. Yeah. Um, so you definitely get that dark feel to it, but there's parts of it that are like so slow and like it's very it's dark, but it's sad to mm-hmm. me. The song is dark yeah. and sad. Yeah. Which is what the audience is feeling, I think, when they're yeah. watching it. No, I agree. I there's a couple of times that you know, you know, this is the you know a space opera. Right. There's different times throughout these movies that I think, oh yeah, this is very operatic, and that was one of them. Yeah. You know, you think about how, like, you can you can picture it as much on a stage, right? You know, right. Playing in a like in a theater as you can in like a movie theater. So I thought that was interesting. Um, 
Yeah, and I think that's the one thing I it's as I look through my notes, you know, like I even said like the the force theme plays in Battle of the Heroes, but it almost sounds like it's in pain. Like oh, the force right. is physically in pain. You know, he's sad, you know, it's uh, ominous or, you know, um like betrayed, you know, like I think Anakin's betrayal. Like I made a note yes. like yeah, that's another one, yeah. You can you can feel the pain <clears throat> you can feel the pain and the hurt and then you can feel it the music tells you that it's turning into anger. Right. You know, and I, I even made a note and this is probably, you know, not so much in the music, but like I thought the title was interesting. It says Anakin's betrayal. Was it him betraying right. or him being betrayed? Be- right. yeah. Or was it both? And right. like who was which one was first? Like who right. shot first? Right. Type of the question. You know, so I just think that, you know, the music really had a lot of that, like sadness and pain. Right. Yeah, because Anakin felt betrayed. Yeah. You brought him here yeah. to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that that's what people really, I think it's what people struggled with, you know, when this movie came out is that it wasn't like, like we talked about this earlier. It wasn't Vader being, you know, when he turned into Darth Vader, he was just kind of like, he was just a sad, right. scared guy. Yeah. Um, And that's not what we wanted him to be. Right. Now, I think he eventually becomes, you know, Darth Vader, like, as we see him in A New Hope. But yeah. that's not how he started. Yeah. And I think why people didn't like that, at least <clears throat> why I think anyways, is that um, it was too real. Yeah. You know, like, pain and sadness and fear, these are all real feelings. Like, we all fear losing our wife and our kids and those sorts of things and if it can happen to somebody who has everything going for him right yeah. why can't it happen to me yeah so i think that the it I, and i don't think that people could expressly say that that's why i didn't like the movie because this is i just think that that like in us it's hard to to face some of those right. facts yeah we so. want to see someone more like palpatine that's just like evil down to the core like i yeah, and Darth Plagueis. They talk a little bit about like how like he was like fifteen or something. I forget, and he just like murdered his whole family. I forget why, but it's just like like he wanted to, or, right? Yeah. yeah, it's just like he could. Yeah. I, I forget, um, right. and that's how he was like discovered by Darth Plagueis because he like felt this, you know, whatever in the Force, and like this random kid had just killed his whole family, mm-hmm. um, and like that doesn't happen with Anakin, right? Like, well, I guess he does kill like every single youngling, but right. <laughs> um, it's Grogu too. I guess Grogu escaped. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, <laughs> was that me where like he comes like back into the room and everyone's gone? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, but the movie does not. I mean, the soundtrack does not end on a sad note. No, it doesn't. I like how the last track of the soundtrack is a new hope right and end credits yep yeah. <laughs> a new hope and, and end credits, credits. <laughs> um and i normally i don't listen to like the very the opening song or the ending song because it's just but i found myself more and more now listening to the last song of the soundtracks mm-hmm. because especially when it got to uh what was it rise of skywalker yeah that song at the end is called finale 
mm-hmm. and it's just like the like greatest hits of Star Wars. Um, and this one did the same thing of Star Wars to that time. I think mm-hmm. um, it doesn't have Duel of the Fates in it. This New Hope one, mm-hmm. but it's got like it's got everything from these prequels as well as it has like the throne room mm-hmm. music from a new hope mm-hmm. and it's just like listening to it if you ever like just want to get into like a star wars mood start yeah. your day off and like be like oh star wars is awesome just right. like listen to just this 12 minutes of music right and it's like everything you can want right. in star wars in this 12 minutes yeah and i think it um even at some point it plays luke and leia's theme which i thought yeah. was you know interesting yeah no, I had that one. I had that noted as well that um it it didn't so much of it was sad and you know full of fear and you know everything kind of does end up horribly which we all knew and yet somehow we were all <laughs> still surprised yeah. about it but um ultimately, you know, it does end you know with with hope you know yeah. you still i mean you know so yeah. yeah with the kids with luke and leia being delivered to the parents right and you know the rest of the story from there so you right. know that it all ends up okay right even with everything horrible that just happened right yeah yeah cool that's all i had on these movies revenge of the sith is a great soundtrack it is i really like that soundtrack yeah yeah yeah, you know what, it, and this is really this is actually jumping back to Attack of the Clones, the one that I thought I was I was going to recognize and pull out right away, and I ended up listening to the whole soundtrack and I missed it, is the um, music that they that they pay, play when he goes to the cloners. You know, like it, it's that it's like a very unique. Oh, when Obi Wan does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I can like. I mean, obviously, I picture him on like the flying thing over the water. Yeah, I can't remember what's playing there though. But yeah, yeah. I, I was... mean, I I really also like like Django's Escape. Like that, mu- it's like yeah. fun. It's very Indiana Jones yeah. kind of sounding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I did the same thing except I put um the Harry Potter's and these two movies all on the same soundtrack and just listened to them. Yeah. Um, which was kind of confusing. Yeah, I was gonna say because. <laughs> You throw in some Jurassic Park and yeah. Hook, and you were like, "What am I listening yeah, to? What movie is this?" Um, but yeah, it was fun to listen to these and really try to think about them. Yeah. Um, let's do the uh, Star Wars random fact of the podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. But I was going into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. As you wish. Okay, so talk about Battle of the Heroes and Mustafar. Apparently, the volcanic world of Mustafar was designed to look like George Lucas's vision of hell. Oh. Which makes sense for how the movie is. Yeah. So, yeah. Pretty much lava everywhere. Yeah. Sounds pretty bad. It's true. And then Vader decides to live there. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Did you... <laughs> Oceanfront property. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the the extra um, on the DVD where they talk about the making of that scene a little bit yeah they talked about like all of the man hours right like 127 hours or something no it's like it's like like 127,000 man hours 10,000 hours it was like crazy the amount of man hours it took to put that five minute scene together it's crazy um remember like them showing how they like 
sure like the big thing falling apart it was like all made of like foam and right. stuff like that and, yeah well and they had i think they go through four or five different costumes oh, yeah well i think it might be even more than that i remember like seeing anakin's costume and there being like maybe 12 or well what i mean is that that they they had multiple versions of each stage there was multiple stages right because like, as they got further dirtier and burnter got, and, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah which you don't think about you don't think about you know but it what would really be interesting is to see it as it is and then see it without something like that right does your brain pick that up right like, this doesn't look real oh it's because they've just battled through <laughs> lava and fire and there's and no soot still. you right. know like on their i mean on their face or on right. their clothes yeah you know so i don't know yeah because i like if you're watching like a, a football movie and their uniform stays clean after yeah, they slide, really weird. It looks really weird. Yeah, but I remember thinking that. Remember the Titans when they put uh, what is his name, Ryan Gosling in, right? And, and his gonna... his uniform's like bright white. white yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder if if you if you start to pick those things up, I assume yeah. you do. Otherwise, why spend the money on it? Right. So yeah, I assume yeah. At some but level. That is your random Star Wars fact of the podcast. Nice. The Force will be with you. Always. Thanks, Matt, for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Talked for a while. Almost an hour and a half about this music. Music. And this was after like an hour conversation about DC Universe. <laughs> that I didn't record at all. So <laughs> I was like, oh, man, this would be like great podcast stuff. <laughs> pre-show. This is a pre-show. Pre-show. Yeah. yeah. When, yep. Next time you come over, I'll just start recording right away. <laughs> right away. And we'll just have like a pre-show. <laughs> But so uh, we've had that conversation about DC a couple of times. Yeah, now. might as well get it on tape so yeah, we can exactly. just listen to it. <laughs> as soon as I start talking about it, you just send me the link. Yeah. Like here, this is what you said last here, time. This is episode one twenty three. <laughs> uh, thanks everyone for listening. Be safe. Be courteous. Bye. Bye. See you later, alligator.